You're listening to Consciously Crude. Unapologetic truths the collective is ready for. Granting permission for the incognito spiritual badass to dive deeper into the magic of their universe. Come out of the spiritual closet. Awaken your courageous heart. Step deeper into your divine power. These are the quantum upgrades your matrix is ready for. Let's dive deep. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Consciously Crude. So we have part two of our episode on polarity of energies. And for part two, we're going to talk about the fall of the patriarch and how this is revealing the suppression of yin, that divine feminine. I've been itching to talk about this since we started this (laughs) podcast. So finally, we're here. We're doing it. If you're a regular listener and you've gone through the episodes, I'm sure you've heard a few times over in a few different episodes, me cutting Amanda off when she starts to try to go on this tangent. So (laughs) now is her opportunity. I even told her uh, before we hit uh, play, she's going to be doing most of the talking today. So so excited. I feel like the roadrunner, like it's like getting like my, my like legs ready. And then it's just, I'm going to take off on a 30 minute rant. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, not only um, are we going to talk about like the patriarch in like historical sense, but also it's very real in our life right now with everything that's going on. There's a lot of things that we'll touch on that is alive and maybe even triggering. Uh, so just I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So Amanda, let's start by talking about like what is a patriarch or what is the patriarch? Sure thing. So simply put, the patriarch is the current state of our society, the state of our matrix, you might say. Um, and the reason for that is because there is um, a dramatic, um, I guess there's a, there's a major uh, influence through men in how our society is run and through the um if you think about like let's say like you might call like quote unquote the elite structures are typically white cisgendered um upper class men who who have been in i guess you could say um control or in power of how our society operates um And when you think about that from a level of like, even the word history, his story, it's not her story. It's not their story. It's his story, his story. Let's tell his story. Like, okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) um, And it's just these little ways in which our language, which our language is so, so, so powerful because what we speak becomes an incantation. It becomes it becomes our literal spell, right? It's like a magic spell. It's spelling. We're literally spelling through our language. So the way that we um, start to, uh, I guess, like observe and recognize the ways in which our entire um, experience has been filtered through the lens of this patriarchal um, masculine influence, this yang influence, we then recognize that there's a massive disconnect between um, other realms of experience and alternative versions of the same story. It becomes mm-hmm. that there's like one lens or a most quote unquote appropriate lens that we start to view things through very unconsciously. Right. And do we know why we've gotten to such a patriarchal society? 
Why haven't we ended up in a matriarchal society? Well, that's a good question. Maybe there was a point in time where there was more of a matriarchy. Um, Mm. Maybe there was a point in time where it was much more uh, non-binary, so to speak, in terms of the ways that we have gendered uh, roles and gendered each other. It's like, oh, women love to be in the home and they love to cook and clean and support and nurture and men, they love to be warriors and fight. And it's like, there's probably a lot of truth to that, but what about the Amazonian women who are like, you know, (laughs) these, uh, you know, there's, I think that there's ways that we can really generalize these ideas. Mm. Um, But when you look through history, a major shift in, in the way that we operate came through the, um, like the, the prominence of agriculture. Right. We didn't have to, like you then from there, you could be like, I'm just going to grow wheat all year round or I'm going to grow crop and I'm going to cultivate grain. I don't have to go hunting. I don't have to, like I can, um, I can literally like plow, you know, and, and men would plow because it was like created like so that a, a larger frame could push this plow. And a woman who was in the field was a hoe because she would use a hoe and she would literally agriculturally hoe the field. Um, I learned this through the book Untrue by Dr. Wednesday Martin. It is like one of the best books ever for debunking all of this, the sexism that mm. exists in our society. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can go further into that, but I feel like you have questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I think it's just interesting, and I'm sure there's a lot more uh, in our his story about how the patriarch came to be. And you know, if you're a listener and you know that information, hit us up in the comments or send us a message. We'd love to chat with you because that would be cool to know more on that topic. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of different theories around this as well. Like you can talk to theologians and, mm-hmm. you know, people, it's economists, like people are going to have different perspectives. And so it's also worth mentioning, like, this is my perspective based on what has resonated for me in my experience. Um, right. You know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like a master's in gender studies here, but I definitely am a curious person who wants to ask questions around like, well, why is it the way, why do we view something the way that we do? And I want right. to poke holes in that and go like, that can't be true like 100% of the time. Like there's got to be other experiences. Right. And also and all the multiple truths that exist, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just in case it's not obvious enough, why don't you tell us why we should care about this? Yeah. Why the fuck should we care? <laughs> well, um, it's incredibly limiting. Mm. Okay? It becomes incredibly limiting. Imagine if um, you were plopped onto this planet like an alien and I guess to some effect you were when you were a baby, um, you're plopped onto this planet and no one tells you what it means to be quote unquote, a man, quote unquote, a woman, right. And in quotation, mm-hmm. because like, what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're a man if, or you're a woman when, or mm-hmm. a, you're a real woman. If you have curves, like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The women who are skinny are not real women. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. All the, all these rhetorics that are just meant to really create greater confusion and, and deeper disconnect from our bodies and from ourselves yeah. by putting more and more layers on top of our experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in these alternative communities, um, uh, in these, um, yeah, different communities where we're recognizing that, you know, a binary of I'm a man, I'm a woman 
has worked for maybe a lot of people, but for a lot of people also does not work. Right. Um, or that, you know, I'm straight or I'm gay. It's like, well, what about the fluidity of being in between? Mm-hmm. Um, it's my perspective that as human beings, we're not this like cookie cutter person. We have many layers, many versions of self, many expressions, and that changes throughout time, throughout environment, throughout history, based history, right. <laughs> um, based on our um, current truth. Right. So, right. And yeah. I think that, that, you know, you touched on a point of like this multi-layer, multifaceted expression, right? Like we have all these different expressions and I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think that our expression and the throat chakra, we for, even us in the spiritual community, I think forget that this is the energy of the metaphysical. It's not the physical, right? So even mm. when we're talking about expression, it's not this just this tangible thing. Yeah. Right? There is, there is so much more to that. So talk to me about expression and how that is so vital and how the patriarch has, in history and now, created ways for us to feel disconnected from that. Okay. So hold my beer because I'm about to fucking go off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay. So let's just take a second and like, let's like, let's rewind to like, let's say 2000 years ago or so, right? Right. Like this, the Bible. Um, The Bible is very one-sided. It talks about the experience of this divine man who has basically in being divine um he has in some way like escaped sin which i'm like what is sin sin is your humanity it's the experience of being in your emotions and being in your shame your guilt your regret whatever that is um it's fully self-inflicted but once you once you create a deity who can look down on you and go no you're wrong you're you're by by nature who you are. Your essence is not right. Can I pause you there? Yeah. I love that you said create a deity because that was what the Bible is, right? And let's just also note that in the Bible, this Jesus, quote unquote, was white. And I don't think that that should be the case. So Living in Middle that. East, a white man. Right, right. Strange. So we're just going to throw that out there and continue on. It's just the, we have to recognize that it's that... We never, so this is my, this is my perspective on the Bible. Um, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Mm. There are many teachings in the Bible that are incredibly profound. There's so many things that can offer such tremendous um, influence in terms of like, you know, honor your parents and like honor thy neighbor. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, of course. Like, no shit. Like, let's not murder our neighbor. That's probably a good idea. Let's write that down on some stone and like make that like concrete. Um, but not common sense. Well, and that's kind of thing is that it's mm-hmm. like common sense is like, it's so funny. We say common sense, right? This is another tangent. I'm going a little off left field here, but common sense, you go, it's common sense. No, it's common sense actually being in your senses. Right. And how many people are not in their fucking senses? Right. They're like out of their fucking senses. They're using just their logical thinking mind. Your logical thinking mind is not your senses. Yes. So Mm -hmm. it's so funny that we say, it's common sense. And I'm like, listen, Doug, you're not even fucking embodied. You sit all day in a desk and eat shit food and look at a computer screen and drink fluoride water. How fucking embodied are you? When have you fucking seen a tree in the past like three months? 
<laughs> killing me. <laughs> it's just like i find this just so funny that we we use these like very um condemning statements oh it's so common sense it's like really just take a second and recognize what that says all right back to the bible so let's come back to the bible so let's use our common sense right let's get into our bodies and feel about how we feel about Mm. a deity who looks down on us he's the all creator and yet he can still be like, you're sinful. I'm like, but you created me. So like, mm. that seems to make no sense. That was something that being five years old, I could figure out. Okay. Right. Um, and it's not to say that someone who believes in this is like stupid. This is not what I'm saying. I'm saying mm. that there are teachings in theology that are incredibly profound, right? It's, of course, it's profound to not kill your neighbor and sleep with their wife. And like, these are things that we would obviously want to do to respect each other, mm. but Let's just recognize that when we take these teachings and then lace them with shame and judgment, mm-hmm. right? You are bad if, you are wrong if, instead mm-hmm. of the compassion of this is actually just part of being human is that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have a challenging time being an unlimited force in a limited vessel. Right. Um, and that the, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the Bible are very, very powerful. But what they also did is they, they took the feminine, they took the woman, they took Mary Magdalene and they constructed her as a whore, which like, why is that even a problem in the first place? Mm. Um, but they constructed her as a whore and therefore created shame around her sexuality. Mm. And it became that, you know, women in the Garden of Eden tainted humanity with their sexuality. Right. And that um, it became about purity and being a virgin, which meant not having sex when really the term virgin actually refers to a woman's sovereignty, her ability to be within her own sovereign self and Mm. claim herself powerfully outside of any influence of anyone else. Mm. So you have this one-sided story, his story, where's her story. And, (laughs) and what's, what's actually so interesting. I'm, I'm I'm reading the book, uh, Mary Magdalene revealed, or no, I'm listening to the book, Mary Mary Magdalene revealed. And I'm reading the book, the Magdalene manuscript, which is a channeled book by a, uh, a doctor who was like channeling the, the energy of Mary Magdalene. Is that so the one that I sent you a picture of that one day? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. think so. Okay. But they're honestly, for anyone listening, read those books. They're incredible. Um, and if you use your common sense and by your common sense, I mean, you're feeling intuitively of what would religion really look like? What would spirituality really look like if it wasn't institutionalized for the purposes of creating uh, mass corruption and power over others. Mm. Um, you would, I think perhaps consider that like Mary Magdalene, when she's described in the context of Jesus and her, her relationship with Jesus, like she was most loved, like she was most loved, but then any of his other disciples, Mm -hmm. um, this was stated in the Bible. Um, he would often kiss her on the mouth. So it's probably safe to assume that they had some form of loving relationship. Mm. And when you even think of the term, the amount of times you hear someone say, behind every successful man is a strong woman, like there's truth to that in that um, a human being can evolve on their own. Uh, they They can go through alchemy on their own. But how powerful is it when you're in a relationship with someone and you grow together? Mm-hmm. And you experience um, you experience a level of 
alchemy and of ascension when you start to go we're going to take the things that we could not see on our own because literally they are unconscious and when we're in a relationship we're going to start to mirror our deepest triggers mm-hmm. right you're not going to recognize your trigger if you're by yourself you're only going to recognize it when it's put in your face when someone is is putting it up against you right and so if you have someone who is looking to uh influence like you know the the state of affairs like 2000 years ago and they're recognizing how great their i guess quote unquote burden is to really stand powerfully like they're going to need some support they're going to need some compassion some love some nurturing some forgiveness of themselves for taking themselves out i think they're going to need a very powerful feminine influence a very powerful yin Yes. And you look at the teachings of like Buddha and Gandhi and Jesus, and it's like, love one another, care for one another. It's like, do you have to, like, do you have to tell the feminine to care for one another? That mm-hmm. is what the feminine is. She is care. She is love. Right. So but, it's like. You're, you're, you're answering our question about why do we care as gendered men and women in terms of like history. You've right. lost me. Sorry, I'm, I'm on my tangent. So let me okay. reel it back in here. So why <laughs> we care? This is why we care. Because if we are looking at history, um, this history, right? What it implies is that women are not fit to lead and that men are. Mm. And that's why women were not like, quote unquote, allowed to like run the church. Mm-hmm. which then is a microaggression or very actually not so micro, a large mm-hmm. aggression against women and their ability to be equals in society, then becomes um, intergenerally, intergenerationally passed down for 2,000 years right. or more, right? theoretically. So now we have these gendered roles of men and women. Only men can do X, only women can do X. Mm-hmm. And you know, in this modern society, you might be listening to this and being like, well, of course I know as a woman that I can do anything a man can do. And as a man, you're like, of course, as a man, like we have equal rights, but it goes so much deeper than that. It's the unconscious assumptions and inferences of what this means. It creates limits on what people are capable of and how they are quote unquote allowed to express. Right. Right. And you see this where it's like, you know, why is it that when a man is in a position of leadership, he's a leader, but if a woman is in a position of leadership, she could be seen as bossy. Right. Right. So it just becomes, we start to filter the ways in which people are as um, right and wrong, good and bad, instead of um, recognizing that we all as biological femmes and men that we have both energies that we can play within both polarities right and that both are acceptable and appropriate yeah absolutely and and do you have examples of like societal scripts or where in society that these um sort of limitations have been superimposed on us oh yeah absolutely i mean um i'm sure you can even speak to this too having had a background in bodybuilding and just like right. the, the ways in which, I mean, not just women, it's men as well, but like the way that our bodies are just looked at, like they're just these things. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you'll be a, you'll be a much more attractive thing if you put this makeup on your face and if you have these size boobs and this size waist, and then you'll be valuable to someone. You know what really bugs me? Tell me, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm 
started to date a little bit here and there and like go on like online dating apps. And one of the things that really bugs me is like when people, it's like, I'm trying to like word this appropriately. They'll message me, (laughs) they'll message me talking about my physical appearance Mm -hmm. and because they have identified that they find something attractive, it's almost like they think that they have this right to reach for it. Okay. Does this make sense? I, I mean, it does, but I'm curious if you can go a little bit deeper into this. Like, what do you mean specifically reach for it? So I have a friend, uh, this, is, this is a story that's coming up, happened very recently. She was walking home from the gym and as she was leaving the gym, she noticed someone started to follow her and she was walking to her house and he, she could still see him and he was following her to her home. And then she finally gets to her home and she's at her house and he's still there. And she speaks up. Why are you following me? What are you doing? Like you're scaring me. I'm you, you can't follow me to my house. He's like, Oh, I just want to talk to you. I think you're really pretty. Blah, blah, blah. Being harmless quote. I'm doing air quotes here. Yeah. And she's like, no, like you, you can't do that. You can't follow me to my home. She's like, well, I just really want to like talk to you and get to know you. I think you're really attractive. And then she's like, well, I have a fiance. And then he was like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so now that she has a man standing beside her, then she's human. Yeah, exactly. And then she's a sovereign person. And then that, that gives you permission to walk away as a man. Like what? It it like makes my skin fucking crawl when the only way I remember being in bars when I was, you know, in my early twenties and the only way I could get someone to fuck off was to say, I have a boyfriend. Right. And suddenly now, I mean, depending on the man, but sometimes it was like, Oh, he's not here. Or it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I, I respect my bro over this hoe. Right. And so like when, when, when men reach out to me and say, Oh, I think you're so attractive. You're so sexy. I want to get to know you. It's like, how do you know I'm not fucking psycho? <laughs> you know like no, how do you know that i'm not gonna like murder you or just be like a crazy bitch or like whatever it is like that's so unattractive to me when someone is like oh drooling oh you're so attractive like that that's why i want to get to know you it's like great thanks see you yeah. bye it's it's a little bit of like a it's like a weird situation that we live in because to one effect it's like there's almost this like, like, if, so first of all, I'll say, but like that experience is like so unacceptable, of course, you know? Right. Um, and then like in the realm of like dating, it's like our human nature is also to like appear attractive. Mm. But like when it becomes the only measure of, of respect, it's like, it's like the amount of times that I've listened to someone tell me a story about something that they're upset with and they're like, they'll, they'll fat shame someone in the story. They're like, yeah. And then this big fat, stupid idiot came over and said this to me. And I'm like, why is the fact that this person is fat have anything to do with the topic? Right. Like you're fat shaming someone implying that if they're not thin, attractive, then they're not intelligent. They're not valuable. They're not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it becomes, it becomes about recognizing that of course, as women, we like, and I say women, I'm, 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 I'm talking for myself here as a woman, as someone who identifies as a woman, it's of course important to me to feel good in my body. Sometimes yeah. for me, that means um, 
like wearing an outfit that feels really hot. Sometimes it means doing my hair. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes it means like after like a super sweaty workout, I'm like, I feel so powerful. I don't have to look a certain way to feel that way. Right. Um, but if that is the only way that I am valuable, then you've created a culture where everyone is so terrified to age mm. and is so terrified to suddenly be useless. So now there's a bunch of parameters of control. It's like, now I have to trap you in a marriage because once you realize that I'm going to age, you're going to leave me. Yeah. Or once you realize that like, I can't give you sex, like better than this other woman, then I'm no longer valuable. And these are the ways in which the pornography industry, these are the ways in which like the makeup industry, the fashion industry, like all these industries, they do this to... Truly, it's like, it's pretty plain as day for me, but it's like to disempower people. They, yeah. they have the, the quote that's like, if all of the um, women in the world decided that they were worthy, then all of the makeup industries, all of the fashion industries would all go out of business like overnight. So as someone who is empowered, and I can say that confidently. Yes. When someone comments on my page or my photo, like, oh, you're so beautiful. I want to respond. Yeah, I know. And I don't want to have to, oh, thank you so much. Like, I just hate having to have a rhetoric around how we respond to compliments and how we feel like people, by putting out a compliment, they are expecting something in return then, like expecting a dialogue in return. it's like, if you're telling me that I'm beautiful, I know that I'm beautiful. And thank you for acknowledging that. But like, I don't like to have to be like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) And I, I hate that I, there's like this stigma around, well, that makes me a bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that I am attractive, I don't know. It just, that bugs me for some reason. There's obviously some stuff there that I need to look at, but <laughs> I just, I get so bothered by feeling responsible to respond to these people who just throw out these compliments because of my physical appearance. It's like, it's not why I made this post. Like, did you even read the fucking caption? Yeah. It's, it's something that can be incredibly infuriating when you're, I remember being a server and I'd be working my ass off to serve, literally to serve people, to serve a bunch of men and uh, women too, but like mostly majority clients were men. And I'd have someone sitting at the bar going, oh, come on, beautiful smile. You look so much better when you smile. And I would, and I would like, I would burn them with my eyes. I was like, if you fucking ask me to smile again, I will punch your fucking teeth out and you won't have a smile. (laughs) Because why am I here to make you feel better with how I look? I'm not here for that. that." And, And like the person who's listening to me, like complain about having to like say thank you because I'm beautiful. Like, I'm going to ask you, do you feel empowered in your body? Because if you did, you'd probably be on my side being like, yeah, you shouldn't have to fucking answer to these men that are just looking for this interaction. Yeah. And I think that like, so whoever's listening to this episode, I mean, this is obviously a very fiery episode. Um, And the intention here is not to like hate on men. It's not to hate on men because it's to recognize though, that there are these very real experiences that women have that in fact, and like, we're like, I mean, I consider myself to be a pretty, pretty cisgendered woman. Like, I mean, I, I have some fluidity in my body, like in my, my essence and who I am, but like, I identify as a woman. I, 
identify yes. with the experiences of a very stereotypical woman. Um, but there are people that are also non-binary and diverse genders. And like, it becomes then like, oh, if, if you look a certain way, you're, you know, you look like a fag or whatever. Like, I mean, these are words I would never, ever use, but it's like, then it becomes suddenly that we can start categorizing and labeling people based on how they show up and how they express. And it's like, it's okay for a bunch of men to like be as rude and obnoxious as they want. But if women are, are calling it like it is, it's like, oh, these, these women are so like, they're, they're PMSing or they're, yeah, they're bitchy, they're whatever. Um, And that's an exact example of the patriarchy. Welcome to our TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) That was a tangent and then some. Yeah. 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 So talk to me about the Disney movies. Okay. Yeah. I have this as like, well, it was so wild to even just think about as an adult, like I've been rewatching Disney movies and just how, I mean, they're completely outdated when you look at these old classics, right? Classics. Um, Even something like Mulan, I remember being like, Mulan was so empowering. And it's like, she overthrew China for the validation of her father. You know, like, it's like everything was just like a little bit laced in sexism. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you see um, Stockholm Syndrome with Belle and the Beast. And you see like these just these very um, incredibly creepy and weird socially appropriated scripts like Mm. Sleeping Beauty being she's a basically dead body being kissed without consent by this man. And she's supposed to thank him for, I just find that this stuff is so fucking creepy, <laughs> so fucking creepy. And it's just yeah. like, you know, watching little mermaid, like this woman sold her entire expression for the, to be married by a man and to be seen. And it's just like, we look at these as little girls and these are the stories that are, are portrayed for young women. And this is then becomes the unconscious stories that we grow up having to decondition right exactly right and they're so subtle oh they're so subtle it's so fucking diabolical right and it's it's very intentional it is incredibly intentional it is not something that's like oops that was the way of the world back then and, it's like th- that's why when people tell me like oh i don't have childhood trauma oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Part of coming to earth is as a spirit is having trauma. Like that's part of the experience. This is it. Yeah. You're disconnected. You're not in common sense, miss. (laughs) Get into your senses. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on these Disney movies and on these, these, the way that children's programs are portrayed? I don't think I have given it any ounce of thought. I don't have a child in my life. Okay. Well, you're your inner child. Yeah, look, yeah, and we are homies. And we, <laughs> we play lots of ways. But um, yeah, in terms of having to think about a small child and what they're receiving in terms of information and how they're receiving it. And I look at the world today and think, I don't know how the fuck I would have a child or how I would parent. And um, with all the social media and technology, there's there's no fucking book in chapters around how to raise a child <laughs> in a media infested world, right? It's, it's new territory. Wild. It's new territory. It totally like you know being a stepmom. I remember 
you know, there's certain things that like, as I approach them, I'm like, oh, I don't really have an opinion on that until I do, right. until I'm in it. And then I'm like watching a show and every, literally the shows that they create these days, Jazz, like you cannot watch a single um, like screen clip for longer than two seconds. They switch every two seconds. Wow. It literally creates like the behaviors of like ADHD where like you're watching and you, it, you there's nothing that is focused for longer than two seconds. It's just like boredom, 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 boredom. Like it's created, it's wild. It's wild because then you are wondering why children have such a, a challenging time focusing. Yeah. And there's a level of like um, their brain can adapt in a, in a brilliant way that like, you know, maybe an older generation couldn't, but then you question like, well, how does that affect long-term? Like, and that's not like, that is not, um, again, it, it's, it's purely intentional. They want to have, they want you watching something that you can't take your eyes away from. They right. want you to consume and consume and consume and not have your own common sense and be completely in, in, engulfed in whatever program they're showing you. Right. I'm going to state a unpopular opinion that just downloaded in. Ooh. It's very shadowy. Um, this is just a part of our evolution now, unfortunately. Technology is, humans and technology are evolving alongside together. Mm the whole cyborgs here on earth, like that's already happened. We each have a piece of technology glued to our hands at all times. Look at you, you got your headphones scrapped on, you got your <laughs> microphone, you got your laptop, I got my mic, you know, like yeah. we all have our cell phones. Humans and technology are living amongst each other together symbiotically. Very interesting, eh? There's a really good podcast Joe Rogan and Elon Musk did. They Ooh. talk about this. Ooh, okay. I recommend it. Okay, I love I love Joe Rogan so much. So, so I will still listen to that. Um, but but yes. he says the same thing. He's, he, Elon Musk talks about how like cyborgs are already a real thing. Like it's this is what we are. It just doesn't look maybe like it does in a movie where you're shooting lasers out your eyes or... Does anything ever look like it does in a movie? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes. Like it's very interesting the... Uh, yeah, the way that technology, um, it, I remember uh, a good friend of mine who, I, when I worked in the tech industry, she'd say like, technology is here to serve humans, not the opposite. Um, right? Like, debatable. Debatable? What would you debate on that? There are huge industries that are meant for evolving technology. Right, that we are jobs. Yeah, We're dedicated to evolving technology. That's humans working for technology. Right, and evolution. Yeah, and it's like, where's the tipping point where it's like we forget our nature, our our human nature, the the common sense, <laughs> our ability to be with ourselves, like to be able to go like, oh, like what I'm feeling right now versus, right. Hmm, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm gonna put my finger on this scanner and it's going to tell me my emotion today. Oh God, don't even get, don't, no, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to say that how, that how technology is the part of the patriarch for sure. There's a lot of business and structure that's built around that. Right. Mm-hmm. And how that suppresses the, the feminine, the yin is our disconnect from nature. Right. The more yeah. technology, 
we have, the more disconnected and pulled we're f- we are from that natural world. And I would even go one step up and say, and this is something that our, our, our friend Layla sh- shared with me. She said, there already exist technologies, mm-hmm. right? Technology is not just what we hold in our hand that is a quote unquote computer. Like the technology that we have is through meditation or yeah. astral travel or astrology or whatever these things are that are accessible within this field of pure potentiality, the quantum field exists as technology. Yes. So it's like, I think that where I see the symbiotic relationship with technology is recognizing that we, it is actually within our human nature um, to be also embodied as spirit. And when we are embodied as spirit, we are connected to something so much greater Mm-hmm. But when we create our God or our spirit as outside of ourselves, like in religion mm-hmm. or my, you know, my MacBook is my God, like, oh my God, if it crashed, I don't know what I would do. It's like, mm-hmm. you've now idolized this physical thing outside of yourself. You've created mm-hmm. a power dynamic where you are, you need it to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly disempowering. Yeah. So that symbiosis, I actually, I would very much agree with you that there is totally a symbiosis with technology. And that actually in the rise of our, like as we're ascending as a collective through the heart and into the throat, um, our communication is going to be like instantaneous, right? Like very, very fast. And I mean, technology allows us to do that. Right. Right. Um, But what if we could actually communicate that same way without a phone? I knew you were going to say that because you fucking love this topic. I do love this topic. I think it's so funny. Like, I just want to send you a message through my brain. Oh, I just love telepathically, like, beep, boop, boop, like, sending you a message. Um, and so when you're- I had, I reached out to somebody recently on Instagram for something or other, and they sent me a few voice notes back, and it was kind of strange, the voice notes, but they were, like, kind of broken, and she's like, oh, I don't know how you were doing that. Like, I hear you, but, like, it's so weird that you can do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about, girl? Like, do what? She's like, oh, I heard you telepathically. I'm like, oh, am I, Interesting. am I talking to you telepathically right now? So I feel like some creatures out there are on that brink of communicating that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a weird experience. I don't know how I feel about it still. Well, you were saying nothing is like it is in the movies. And yet here I am watching the show Sense8, who is, which was created by the same creators of the Matrix right. trilogy. And I'm, I'm like, this is our future. Like our future is ascending into, this is my perspective, um, that those of us who are in tune are ascending into a new level of consciousness where we can literally share consciousness and telepathically communicate in a way that you can when you are without ego and within a place of really high attunement and alignment. Right. And I think now what you're talking about is as we ascend into this place is the rise of the feminine, the rise of the yin, right? Yeah. Because this, in order for these gifts to come through, we need to be in touch with ourselves in an intimate way. We need to be practicing that meditative state and going inwards and connecting with our intuition and listening to our intuition. And Mm -hmm. this is... This is the realm that I've created a career around, right? These are, these are healing arts. And I think we've really, as a society, not allowed ourselves to look at it as an art, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this rings true for me so much because I get so many messages from 
young gifted souls that are like, how do I do what you do? Like, what course do I need to take? What certification do I need to do? It's like, there's certifications out there and I have certifications and I've done healing attunements and modalities, but it's like the, the true healers can attest to the fact that it's about finding your own way and your own quote unquote protocol, if you will. It's not by following how someone else says it's done. It's literally feeling into your own body, your own experience, your own gifts and bringing that through into the 3d world. And it's very similar to like an artist painting a painting or building a sculpture. It's, it's a flow. It's a, it's a state. That's why it like really pisses me off when people ask me how my sessions work. (laughs) That's logical, right? That's the thinking mind. Yeah. Like if you like, they'll message me, I really want to get a session with you. Like, how does it work? I'm like, fuck you. Like, Well, let's just, let's go for full circle, right? You're saying like, why should we care as a gendered society? You know, why do we care about the suppression of the yin and the patriarch? Well, because when you view everything through a lens of it must be science, it must be logical, it must be proven. Mm-hmm. Like the sciences were created to create a data structure that could basically prove what was already intuited. Exactly. So like the, the feminine... The, the yin is pure potential. It can see beyond what has already happened. Yes. And the masculine, the yang, can only replicate the past. Yes, and hold space for what is. So when you have a, like a woman or a feminine or a yin declaring a future, people are like, oh, she's a witch. She's crazy. She's batshit, whatever. <laughs> it's like, no, y'all are just not open. Your third eyes are all fucking calcified because you're not looking without your eyes you're trying to see things logically instead of feeling intuitively well yeah it's not it's not even like looking with your eyes it's that's just it people don't allow themselves to connect with their experience through their fucking senses right they have to like and and like i this what's coming up here is i ask people you know when you're having an emotional experience or when you're feeling x emotion like how do you show up for yourself well, like I try to think about how, why I feel this way and what made me feel this way. Like, no, no, we're not going to think about how we feel. We're going to feel how we fucking feel. Like, why is this challenging? Why are we so far away from this place? Well, that was, and I think just to offer a bit of like cushion and compassion for that is that like that was fully me before Please, thank you right like it's like there was (laughs) well you know and it's it's but it's so important because we should like the um when like you know my embodiment it's like if i have to like think about um if i have to think about my emotions i'm disconnected you're dissociated you're not you're not associated in your experience right um and for so long, someone would ask me, how do you feel about that? I'd say, I think that I'm sad. I think that I'm anxious. And those were all the surface feelings because I needed to do some healing. Right. Um, so the person that's like, what course do I take? What do I do? Like, I think there is totally still value in like, sometimes there's a process someone has to go through to unlearn certain behaviors or just get that ball rolling. But that ultimately that, that yin like it's, it's limited if you're like, here is the way to heal. Here's right. the way, like that's a limit. And, and the yin is unlimited. Right. And we, we only think like there is definitely value in going to do this certification or whatever, but we only think that way because we live in a patriarchal society. Right. We don't live in a place that we have been grounded in the fact that we get to explore ourselves and figure it out on our own. In the time that we want. 
Exactly. With compassion and forgiveness and no guilt. Yes. For what that looks like. Um, I, I just want to <laughs> bring up what maybe you were talking about before this call where you're saying like you're, you're right now, <laughs> every time you go to do anything, the universe mm-hmm. is literally giving you everything you need by like you have, you have prioritized your yin mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way that now like the universe and, you know, source, the world is responding in, you don't have to do the things you thought you had to do. Yeah, I'll share a little bit more so our viewers understand what you're talking about. Like, yeah, this has been a conversation that I've been sharing with Amanda and a couple of our other close friends for, I don't know, it's, it's been like a solid, at least three months now, I want to say. Been in, you've been in a really interesting flow. Like you've cracked something open for sure. Yeah. And so uh, Mallory, my business coach, if you're listening to this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked with Mallory for a long time and she's given me some really, really amazing ways to build my business and put myself out there in terms of content. And every time I go to even think about starting it or doing a plan or putting things into action, I immediately get messages from people wanting to buy sessions with me, or I just get emails, people already buying sessions with me, like literally almost every single time I have a thought of, oh, I should make a post, bing, I get a message wanting to have a three session pack or wanting to do a discovery call. And, oh, I should really start to like plan this giveaway or this, that, oh, I have a retreat. It's already paid for and I just have to like step right in. Yeah. So it's just like constantly, every time I think I have to act, the universe is showing up and showing me, no. Yeah. You just have to continue being in your flow. Okay. And that's, that's the, um, I remember when I was doing my NLP training, my, my coach would say, she's like, listen, like people watch the movie, The Secret, and they're like, I just have to envision a parking space. And then they don't get that parking space. And they're like, look, it doesn't work. Like I have to, this, none of this is, it's all a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Bullshit. Um, but it's like the person that can envision the parking space and receive the parking space believes that the parking space is there for them and they don't, they don't have to fight anyone for it and that it's obviously always going to be there. Yes. There's a sense of worthiness. There's a sense of abundance. There's a sense of enoughness. There's a sense of like, obviously this world exists for my bliss, ecstasy, pleasure, and happiness. This world does not exist to create suffering for me. Yes. That is the vibration that people like you and I hold in our bodies, right? So when things just work out for themselves, it's not just because, um, well, actually to some degree, I guess it is because we're lucky because I believe luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Sure. And that preparation, yep, go ahead. The preparation is being in your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we should also acknowledge that we are two white women that are privileged and have that on our side. So yes, that is also a thing. We didn't also, we didn't manifest all of this. No, no, for sure. It's, and it's, it's, it's exactly that, right? It's recognizing that this is purely our filtered experience. It does not have to be anybody else's, um, but that it will resonate with other people. Um, and so I think that that's where, um, that's also when it comes to expression, it's like recognizing, like, I think we all have the same shared space to express. I think that there's a disillusionment around if I express, I take that space from someone else, that's scarcity. Mm-hmm. We all have the room and it's a think about in, in positions of privilege, really um, showing up and going, 
like let's use our platform to bring other people into that space and show them that they as well have that exact same opportunity. Um, yeah. What, what would you say about that? What would you add to that or change? No, I think you nailed it. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. So yeah. So to recap, connect to nature, <laughs> connect to your body, <laughs> yeah. connect to your yin. Allow your, allow your intuition to guide you. And, you know, a lot of the things that I've been saying recently in sessions with people is that it's not all mental chatter and your job is to decipher what is and what isn't. And we do that through meditation, right? Mm-hmm. How is that, how is that intuition, intuition speaking to you? Where is it speaking to you from? That's mm-hmm. your, that's your exploration and that's how you both empower yourself and embody yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that even in that mental chatter, it's like sometimes um, it's just like about leaning in. Like, it's like, if you have a story that keeps running in your head, it's like, what if you just like looked at it and was like, Hey, what's up? What do you need? <laughs> right. Like, exactly. exactly. you know, Hey, like, what's this fear about? Like, let's like go into it. Let's like really be there. Let's be with that shadow. That is showing up for yourself. Not thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> totally but that's you know i believe our role is to help people figure out how to do that right so it's like and sometimes it's about that tough love sometimes we're just gonna be perfectly blunt about it you gotta fucking show up for yourself i'm uh i'm in that sassy tough love mood today clearly so but it's fun it's funny (laughs) it doesn't have to be so heavy right no thanks for tuning into the show this week we are so grateful for another opportunity to dive deep with you If you want to connect with us even further, head to our website, www.consciouslycrude.com. There you will find how to get in touch with both of us, upcoming events and workshops, and links to our social media platforms. We always welcome your input, so feel free to comment your questions, make guest suggestions, and let us know what you learned. And it is so, so, so appreciated that you please rate, comment, and share so we can grow this Conscious Collective platform. With gratitude, Amanda and Jazz.